Yeah, the kids are going. They're going to click. Uh, man, I was told that uh, Dwayne had that in all his slide presentation. I don't have a slide presentation today, but I do have God's Word, and I'm going to mention click for the kids, and man, they're a good group of kids. Let's give them a round of applause, man. They did good. You watch these kids worship? Do they get into worship? They do, don't they? That's pretty awesome. We went to Youth Encounter this uh, last week, and uh, man, we had a good time at Youth Encounter. But one of my favorite things is worshiping. Have we got a good worship team here at Dorisville? Yeah, man, they lead you right to the throne. Man, that's awesome. God is able, and I love Trey's thoughts in his quiet time there because he's asking me, what songs do you want for worship? I'm going, man, let the Lord lead. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know music. I don't sing uh, so solos, but I sing in the car, you know. But, uh, man, God is able. God is love. It's all there. His word's there. And we need to realize God wants to use us in mighty ways. This week, I'll be honest with you, I was kind of feeling like Trey. Uh, man, it was just heavy on my heart this week. I don't know if it was everything happening in Israel or what, but uh, it was just real heavy this week, or real just unbelievable, just trying to get my message going and that type of thing. God was, me and God were wrestling with what to do and where to go, and man, he's got me back in Ezekiel today. And I woke up, I was here at about 1.30 last night, don't say that to be proud, but I do my best thinking late at night sometimes, but then I got up at 6 o'clock this morning, the world's still spinning, you know what I mean, and uh, had my coffee, and I was saying, hey God, are we where we need to be, you know how Dwayne says, you know, God was working on my message, and you never know where you need to be, but God does, and God will tell you where you need to be at. And today, in my quiet time, in the U version, the verse of the day, it was awesome. It said, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. And that is Isaiah 55, 11. So, if you ain't got the version app, man, do the verse of the day. It's pretty awesome. It give you, man, just loads of inspiration and just, uh, man, help you get through the hard times. But, uh, man, as we uh, looked at sermon this week, I landed in uh, Ezekiel 33. So if you'll turn to Ezekiel 33 this morning, that's where we're going to be at. And you'll see why that verse of the day stuck out to me in this first verse that I read today and. Uh, Ezekiel 33 starting at verse 1 and it said and the word of the Lord came to me saying son of man speak to the sons of your people and say to them if I bring a sword upon the land and the people of the land take one man from among them and make him their watchman and he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows on the trumpet and warns the people, then he would hear the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning. And the sword comes and takes away his blood will be on his own head. All right, so, man, this watchman is watching. You might go, what's the big deal? Well, God had these people of Israel in a bad situation. 
First, let me say Ezekiel means God's strength. I really like Ezekiel. He's a great prophet. He did some things to cause people in uh, Israel to question. Let's remind you, he is in a foreign country. He's in Babylonian. All right? And uh, they're out of Israel. They're out of Jerusalem. And God says, I'm going to judge you. I'm going to give you a time out. Okay? These are the people of Israel. These are God's people. Okay? So many times when you witness to somebody, they go, well, I always say God's a God of love. He's going to let everything go. Hey, my mom and dad love me, but they still spank me. Amen? God disciplines his people. He's not slow, as some people count slowness. It's patience, folks. He wants everybody to come to knowledge of who he is. Okay? He's a God of love. It's hard for me to understand how a God can love me so much. Because I know all about Brent. I know all the ways I run. I know all the things I fall short on. But God didn't give up on me at all. God doesn't give up on you. He's there. He loves you so much. The children of Israel are in time out. And you know, you've all heard it. Well, it hurts me more than it hurts you, you know, when you get punished. But yeah, they were suffering the punishment. Ezekiel was called to lay on his, I think, right side for 390 days. To show how long God's put up with their idolatry practice in Jerusalem. And then the Judah, 40 days. He's supposed to lay on their other side for 40 days for Judah. All right, Israel's divided. And Judah was 40 years of idolatry and worshiping idols. They had the God that was able. And they transferred their worship over God to a thing made by God. Man, does that not drive you nuts? It does. It drives me nuts. All this week I'm going, man, God, help me not to be like that. Help me not to go for these things that you make, but help me to worship you because you're able to do all things, okay? Help me not to be so tied up in this world. I think this world's all that it is. It's not, Okay? He's got so much more that we got to live for. Okay? And he's coming back one day. Amen? My favorite sign when I'm out carrying a cross that we hold is normal ain't coming back, but Jesus is. He's going to come back for us. And it got really close this week with Israel. I mean, to have him declare war, there will be war and rumors of war. I mean, read your Bible, folks. I mean, it's getting time. It's getting time that he's coming, all right? Get your house in order, all right? But what I see here in scriptures is the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the sons of your people and say to them, okay? So what he was saying is, hey, you're a watchman. Communicate what I say. He says it even more. Let's get down here to verse 6. Uh, verse 6. 
But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and a sword comes and takes a person from them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require from the watchman's hand. What he's saying is the watchman has a great responsibility. We need to know what times we live in. We need to know what we're looking for. And it comes all from this book right here. I'm amazed how America, we all got one of these on our shelf. But I'm amazed how many times we don't take the time and read it to make it what it needs to be in our life. It needs to be real. It needs to be lived out. We get caught up in all this other stuff, but it doesn't need to be the other stuff we get caught up in. It needs to be Jesus. I love that song, Speak the Name of Jesus. There's such power in that. Verse 7, he says, Now as for you, son of man, I have appointed you a watchman for the house of Israel. He spells it out in so many words. So you will hear my message from my mouth and give them a warning from me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not speak the warning to the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require from your hand. But if you, on your part, warn the wicked man to turn from his sin away, and he does not turn from his sin, from his way, he will die in his iniquity, and he will be delivered, and you will be delivered from your life. So his blood won't be on your hands, okay? So it's a big thing here to warn people. You might say, well, that's good for Ezekiel. He was a prophet. Do you realize, folks, God gave you the Great Commission? Go teach and tell. Who's that for? Just the ministers? No. All of us. All of us that are know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're supposed to be able to give witness. We're supposed to be able to give testimony of what Christ is doing in our life. We're supposed to be able to share life with others, right? Because that's the reason we're put here on this earth. You might go, well, Brent, I get so nervous, I can't talk. Good, because it's the Holy Spirit that does it in you anyway. It's not about you. God just wants to use you as a vessel to rescue somebody else. That's the hardest thing to understand. God wants you, not your ability, but your availability. One of the things I got written down here, he calls Ezekiel son of man. I really thought that was pretty cool, so I had to do a little word study. Son of man was also the word that Jesus loved to use for himself. You know, Jesus was son of man, he's fully human. He is fully God. And he fully died on a cross and felt every pain on that cross. 
But he did it because he loved you and me. And there would be no other way he could pay the penalty so we could have a relationship with a holy and righteous God. Sometimes I think we get a warped view of who God is. God is holy. Not just holy. Holy, holy, holy is he. His ways are so much higher than my ways. So many times, kids, I work with youth a lot, they want to know things. I love to know things too, but sometimes I'm just called to walk by faith because God's ways are so much higher than mine. I can't understand why pain happens. I can't understand why all this stuff happens. But I do know God's got a plan. You have to trust God. You have to trust that he knows what he's doing. But it kills people. It's just bad. It's not right. Are we to make that judgment? No. It's all God. We have to let God be God. And we have to be the one that's walking by faith right here on earth. Okay? It doesn't always make sense to us. Listen to this in verse 10. Now as for you, son of man... Say to the house of Israel, thus you have spoken, saying, Surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we are rotting away in them. How then can we survive? They're asking, how can we survive here in this foreign country for 70 years under these conditions? We were your people called to inhabit the promised land and you got us kicked out of the promised land whose fault was it theirs that's what he's wanting them to realize they turned their back on a holy and righteous god they said how can we survive then verse 11 say to them as i live declares the lord i take no pleasure in the death of wicked wicked but rather than the wicked turn his way and live. Turn back, turn back from their evil ways. Why then will you die, O house of Israel? Wow. How many times did God say turn back? Several. Over two times. Why are we so stiff-necked? Why do we always want to go away from God and not to God? Here's a good question. Why did we eat the tree of good and evil? That's where sin first started. And it's carried down, carried down, and carried down. It's sin, folks. We live in this world, and this sin comes and attacks each one of us. It attacks us in different ways. It does different things, but it's there. But he says, if you will repent. Repent is an army word. It means you're going this way and you repent. You turn around and go the opposite way, okay? You say, God, I'm going in the wrong direction. Help me go the right direction. Help me to go after you. One of the big things I've got in my notes here is uh, Ezekiel. God says to speak my words. I think this had special meaning for Ezekiel. 
Because long about in chapter 1 or 2, God wrote down his words to Ezekiel. He told Ezekiel the prophet, Hey, I want you to speak these words exactly as I wrote them. I want you to eat this whole thing so I know it comes out of your mouth. I'm going, man, that is a good illustration. I didn't eat my words today. I didn't eat the Bible or anything, but these are God's words. It's coming straight from his word. I'm reading it right out of God's word. It's God's word to you today because I don't want to have any iniquity on me about sins that I didn't preach, okay, that we need to turn. We're not holy people. We're trusting in Jesus Christ, his work on the cross. Thank God for the New Testament. That's what Ezekiel was giving light to. You remember that heart I preached upon that last time I was here in Ezekiel 36? He takes that heart of stone, pulls it out, and gives us a heart of flesh. So we seek after him. And that Holy Spirit that he gives us to help live this life is not meant for me to walk in my strength, but in the Holy Spirit's strength, in his grace, in his mercy to accomplish the things that he needs to accomplish in my life. So, when he's speaking these words to Israel, he's going, take a great deal of care and make sure you don't miss anything because there is consequences. The prodigal son comes to mind. Uh, God had me in this thing here. When God convicts us, what draws us? The Holy Spirit draws each one of us. It says in John 6.44, I want to get real with you. Sin's hard to deal with. Because when Israel was caught in sin, guess what? They said, it's not my fault. It's everybody you put around me. God, I didn't do it. The devil made me do it. Do you understand God loves us so much he gave you free will? He doesn't make us robots. And I'm very thankful he doesn't. But it's a real pain sometimes figuring out what God wants me to do. Because he'll come to me in that still small voice and the world's voice is loud. The world's voice will tell me different things than what this still small voice tells me. But he says, hey, don't get confused. Know my voice and do what I tell you to do. Okay? When I was surrendering into ministry, one of the biggest things was God speak to me. Man, you did it with Moses. Do it with me, man. I promise you I won't say, hey, I can't do it, okay? If you'll just speak it, I'll do it, okay? But you know, God never gave me an audible voice. He let it go. Man, I'm getting a phone call. Somebody's getting a phone call. Okay. But he's, he does that, okay? But it's a still small voice. He does that so we'll pay attention. So we'll be more sensitive to his voice, okay? I got this story, man. This story comes, and it really yanked my heartstrings because... Where I got saved, I could relate a lot to this story. I don't know if this story is true or not, but I want, it, I want you to listen to the principles in this story. Listen to what's going on and see if you can relate it back to this scripture. But this young man, he's about 11, Ryan, and uh, 
He's real excited. The church is doing a revival. Back in the old days, they had revivals. And they always used to use people to get the revival message out. This preacher was his dad. They all came out with this system. Hey, I'm going to make these flyers, and I'm going to give everybody in the house at least 10 to 20 flyers, and it's your job to go pass these things out in the community. So tell everybody that God's here and God's going to do something, okay? Awesome. So the little boy, being about 11, goes, wow, this is great, man. God's wanting to use me. So he is so excited, he can hardly wait till Saturday. And guess what? Saturday gets there, and he is pumped, baby. He goes down to see Dad first thing, and he goes, Dad, I'm ready to go. Dad goes, hey, it's drizzling outside, and it's cold. We can't go today. The boy hung his head, and he goes, well, I got clothes. I'll go get my clothes on. So he went to go get his winter clothes on. Comes back down to Dad and says, hey, Dad, I'm all dressed warm. I think I can go out and deliver these flyers now. He's not giving up. Dad goes, wow, this guy really wants to go deliver flyers. And Dad goes, no, it's rainy, cold. I'm not going to go out there on my day off. But he goes, the little boy goes, can I go by myself? And Dad looks at the boy, and I guess looks at Mom, but just going, well, (laughs) what's the deal? But he finally agrees. It's a different time of day I guess they're living in, so he goes. Dad gave him his flyers and his flyers. So he had two stacks of flyers to get rid of. Dad's the preacher of the church too, okay? Us preachers aren't perfect, okay? So the boy went off. He had a mission. You know what? That boy gave almost all his flyers out and had one left. He is looking for people out in the community doing stuff. So he could go up to them and said, hey, God loves you. Come on to go to revival. And they would always take one. A lot of times we think, oh, they won't want that. But you get a young boy out there that's fired up about doing it, they'll do it, okay? It's the reason I love going to New Orleans. Tracking's my favorite thing, man. Just littering the ground with tracks, okay? I'm not throwing them down, but the people I'm giving them to are throwing them down. But does that discourage me? No. God says, go and invite. Go and do. It's up to them whether they accept or not. Amen? This is not up to me. I'm being faithful. But this little boy, getting back to my story, goes out and delivers almost every flyer except for one. He goes, I know exactly what house I want to go to. I want to go to this old rundown house that's in my neighborhood. So the boy goes up there. Remind you, this is Saturday in the afternoon. He goes up there and pounds on the door. Nobody answers. He rings the doorbell as only kids can do, you know. Rings it several times. Nobody's there. He says, man, I just know there's got to be somebody here. He doesn't give up. He knocks some more. And finally, somebody answered the door. It was a sweet little old lady. She comes and, son, can I help you? He goes, I just wanted to make sure that you, God loves you, and here's a track. Wow. And he was off in the mist and in the cold. And guys, guess what? The next day was Sunday. Revival was starting. The pastor started off as usual. He goes, is there anybody here that wants to give testimony of what's happened this week or anything great happening in your life? 
this little lady in the back stood up and goes, hey, I want to give testimony about somebody dropping off a flyer at my house. It's changed my life. I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You see, this little boy showed up on my doorstep. But I didn't want to go down and answer the door because I was busy up in the attic. What I was up in the attic doing is I was so lonely and scared and everything else that this world is not the place I need to be that I was ready to end my life. I was ready to take the, the rope, the chair, take my life. You see, the devil gets you so discouraged sometimes that he doesn't think there's any possibility of any good coming. But thank God for a little boy who knocked on my door and told me God loved me and told me about his strength because I read the whole pamphlet and that's the reason I'm here today is I want to tell this church, thank you for having this. Thank you for putting this thing out because I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You might go, Brent, why are you telling this story? I think it goes exactly along with what our Bible passage is today. Because a lot of times we think it's the prophet that's supposed to do all the work. It's not. It's you and me. It's the kids. I don't know if you know it, we've been doing Judgment House almost 30 years. Every year, guys, it gets harder and harder to get volunteers. <laughs> I'm looking at you. Why is that? Is what we're doing not worth the time and effort? Is there so much other stuff in the world competing against God that he can't handle it? Are we so busy wrapped up in our own little world that we don't care about what God wants? We're only asking for a week. We're only asking for a couple of times. But you know there's kids that are sitting right here in this auditorium, kids all around here that have taken their first step of sharing Jesus with some stranger. They have taken steps of in inviting Jesus into their life for the first time through Judgment House, that I can't say, hey, we don't need to do Judgment House anymore. I thank God every day for Trey out there. Man, you see the boy leading worship? You see him? You're getting the benefit of all the stuff that we dumped in this guy. God's working on him. Do you see him share about his quiet time? There's others. I got Roth Clayton over here that runs All-Star Basketball and he's volunteers too. Guys, it's tough getting volunteers. I got a lot of kids' lives that were changed because they gave to the Lord and we did something and God showed up in a major way. God's wanting to show up a major way in your life if you'll just let him. If you'll just say, hey, here I am, use me, Lord. Help me be the watchman on the wall. I know the times I'm living in. I know bad times are coming. Help me be the one that throws the lifeline to somebody else. God wants to use you. Will you be that one that answers the call? Or will you say, well, I did my time. It's my time to relax. Guys, 
I've been doing this for a long time. I think it's so exciting to see somebody turned on to Jesus Christ. It just blows my mind. But I can't wait to spend all eternity with him in heaven rejoicing about what Jesus did on that cross because that's the only way you're going to get there. It's not on your good works. It's not on anything we've done or the side of the track you grew up on or what you did or what, what didn't happen. It's all about him anyway. It's Jesus. He does the impossible. He takes you and makes you into the person that you need to be to share Jesus with others. Do you understand the story? Do you understand that he can use a little kid? I always get this, and I always go back to childlike faith. God wants you to have a childlike faith, a faith that makes it believable. In the story, did Dad think it was possible on a cloudy day, it was cold and weary, to go out and pass out flyers? No. But the little boy was looking forward to it. He goes, this is just the perfect day. Everybody's going to be home. Everybody's going to be doing something. And see, it's all I want you to look at. Today, there are some rocks. You might be going, well, Brent, I ain't never seen no rocks in the worship service before. But there are. I was taking some of Ezekiel's message. Ezekiel always had to put it out there for you. Make it hands-on. There's some rocks out there, and they got some sins written on them. A lot of people have commented on them. They go, hey, what's this thing that's doing that's calling me lazy? This is rock's got lazy on it. What am I doing with this rock that says idols? Do you realize people come to our church? Do you realize you run around with people that have problems, that have sin in their life? What are we doing to help bring Jesus to them? What are we doing to show Jesus to them? That they can unload their rocks, unload their sin, because Jesus wants to take all our sins. He's already paid the cost for them. All he's waiting for us is to accept his forgiveness. Amen? If you don't, it's just a waste of his precious blood. But he doesn't waste it because you are a masterpiece. Amen. Today, as the invitation's given, I'm going to give it to you, and I'm wanting you to take these rocks that you have. It's going to be bold. You're going to have to bring them down front and put them on the altar to represent people that God can take away my sin. You know, David struggled with it so much. That he wanted to cover up his sin. He had Uriah the Hittite killed. That was Bathsheba's husband. He thought he got away with all of it because he was a king, right? Wrong. God chased him down with the prophet, Nathan. Gave him a little illustration, kind of like I did today. And it melted his heart. He got enraged that somebody would take this one man's only sheep and have it slaughtered for his guest when he had hundreds. And he said, that man is you. Guys, today, God wants to use you. I don't know what I can do to shake you up any more than what I'm trying to do through God's word here because the days and times we live in are going to get worse. 
And we're going to be more and more of a need of a Savior called Jesus Christ. But you've got to be bold enough to present. You've got to be bold enough to say, hey, I'm a Jesus follower. Here's what you do. Accept him. Repent of your sins. And know that he's coming back one day. If you ask these youth what gospel means, youth, don't let me down. What's G stand for? Right here. What's G stand for? God created us for a relationship with him. What's O stand for? Ooh, did you hear that? Our sins separate us from our life with God. Sins are bad, guys. We don't want to live with them. We want to give them to the Lord. What's S? Oh, man. I can't go to church enough and get rid of my sins. I can't be good enough. If we could, Jesus would need to die for us, right? Hey, what's P? Right here, Ryan, you're yawning. Give me a P. Hey, Christ, Jesus died and rose again. Oh, wow. He was even sleeping, and I woke him up. Paying the price. Just kidding, Ryan. Paying the price, Jesus died and rose again. E, J. Everyone who believes and trusts in him will have eternal life. It's not just the much to know about Jesus. You have to trust in Jesus. And then L? All right. Life eternal starts now and lasts forever because you're in the eternal life business. You're either going to have a smoking section there or you're going to have a non-smoking. Okay? But it's going to be eternal life either way it goes. It's your choice. God's done all he can to help you out. But unless you answer the call, unless you get rid of that sin in your life, you got that judgment to pay. But he is coming back, and he will judge fairly. And it's not going to be about, hey, I didn't hear it, I didn't understand it. He says, even my creation will speak to it. Even the times we live in now speak to it. Okay? Know that God's trying to get our attention Know that he's got a plan and know he wants to use you. Bow with me. Tell my father, man, this sermon's been kind of tough. You want to use me. Tell my father, I'm embarrassed. I don't know what to do. Help me to rely on your spirit, Heavenly Father. Help me to rely on your grace. That's the only way I can accomplish these great things that you want to do, these impossible things. Help me to realize I have sin in my life and I need to get rid of that sin if I don't know you as my Lord and Savior. I pray that that would happen today. And Heavenly Father, help me to see the willingness of a small child, the willingness to go and do when I could think of a million other things I'd rather do. Help me to see the sin in that. And then my Father, help me to see the gratitude in one person coming to know you as their Lord and Savior that saves them from a a fiery eternity. Help me to be about your gospel. Help me to be about the great commission of going and telling. And help me to realize that you do give me the Holy Spirit to help that doesn't give me a spirit of fear. It gives me a spirit, spirit of encouragement, of courage 
to go and do. Take this time. Use it as only you can. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said,